On today's Locked On Mavericks podcast, Mark Cuban might be getting in the way. Hold on. Scott Foster's calling. We're doing a review. We're going to review the pod. The first, the last 90 seconds of this pod will take 30 minutes. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks podcast. This game that we call basketball on the NBA level is definitely a big business. I get to deal with that on a day-to-day basis with Mark, and it's a, it's a big business. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join us this week to get in on the action. Spotify Greenroom, changing the way we talk sports. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The leaking lord, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Draft lottery. Let's go. It's exciting. One, I love drafts. I love professional drafts. That's I, I watch too many picks of the NFL draft. I love <laughs> you know every pick of the NBA draft. There's just something about drafts I love. Draft lottery. I went into last night saying I just want the majority of these picks to go to the East because what top five draft, maybe a top six draft, depending on who you talk to. But if you want to count Scotty Barnes in that, but yes, let's go. Send Kate Cunningham to the Detroit Pistons. I'm excited. And I'm excited for Koo. Host of Lockdown Pistons. If you did not watch our Lockdown NBA live draft lottery show, you missed out. Koo Cahill, host of Lockdown Pistons, friend of the pod, been on the show. His reaction is just gold. Go to at Lockdown Net, Lockdown Network on Twitter and go watch the clip, or go to the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel and go watch the clip of Koo just reacting to the Pistons getting number one pick. It was absolutely priceless. Uh, he starts doing like a victory speech, like he won an Oscar. Like he starts going through this. I want to thank my fiance. He starts going through this whole progression. It's, it's genius. So go and uh, go and. Follow Locked On Network on Twitter. There's too many people listening to this that have not followed Locked On Network on Twitter. Go follow it right now. All right, on today's show, Mark Stein dropped a newsletter with some Mavs nuggets in there. Not the Denver nuggets, but some actual nuggets of wisdom nuggets nuggets. of some things happening. That's some, Some leaks are happening, it seems like. And we're getting a look in the inside of the Mavs whole situation. We'll talk about that. There's some concerning things. There's some interesting things. Tim McMahon also reported, let's just start with this. The Mavericks will not seek any compensation from a team that hires Rick Carlisle, despite the coach resigning, with two years remaining on his contract, sources told ESPN. Mark Cuban does not want to complicate Cuban's quest for a new opportunity. Who did I say? Cuban's request. (laughs) Carlisle's request for a new opportunity. All right. There's so many different angles we can take this on. This was a this was a talk uh, that I think started with did was Je- did Jeff Skin Wade bring this up? I think on the, on the radio that was a clip that was going around where he brought this up where a coach just leaves Rick Carlisle with two years left on his deal, and I think Skin was the first one I heard to mention this. You just don't. It just doesn't, you can't just do that if you're a coach, right? Unless you have owner permission, which at this point, it seems like he does. Cuban doesn't want to, you know, complicate things. According to Tim McMahon and ESPN, he doesn't want to complicate things with Carlisle's 
leaving, trying to go to a new opportunity, trying to do right by the coach. Also, trying to do right by the head of the coaches association, which is kind of a weird thing because he probably has some influence in some of the other coaches. He's not an agent or anything like that, but at least he has definitely some sway and some authority or something in there. So this has happened in the past where Doc Rivers goes from the Celtics to the Clippers and in return, didn't the, the Clippers got a first round pick or they got a pick? Some kind of draft pick in exchange for Doc Rivers, basically, and traded. It's happened before in the past. There's no other examples that come to my mind, but this has happened before. But the Mavericks are not going to do this because they don't want to complicate things. It's interesting. It sounds like they're ready for Cuban or for for Carlisle to go, or they just don't want to deal with the hassle of trying to to figure out how to get the pick and who to get it from and all that. Yeah, I mean. It was kind of a weird situation because I didn't like expect them to get a pick, you know, from from the Rick situation. But then over the past, you know, week, I've been like halfway convincing myself of, oh, dang, maybe they maybe they're going to get something for, for him because he did have the two years left. And um, yeah, it didn't happen. So I like saw the tweet and I was like, well, that's a bummer. But I'm not like overly like pissed about it either. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like the twofold thing of. Yeah, if he's going to walk away with two years left, then yeah, you say we want something for him. But then again, like I could see him, you know, I think it's more of the honoring route of saying, hey, you you won us our only championship in franchise history. You've been here 13 years. We know all his whole you know tenure in Dallas. Then if you want to walk away and go take a new job, then sure, like go do it. Like in a way, I viewed it as Dallas saying, you've earned this, like you've earned to walk away and like, we're not going to complicate it, whatever, whether you agree with that or not, that's up to you. But what, one thing I will push back on a little bit is I wouldn't be as worried about the whole, like, you know, what other coaches around the league, you know, what, like there's, I don't know what else. I mean, I guess there could be, what else could Rick Carlisle? I don't think I'll say this. I don't think a coach around the league would look at the situation. If they said, no, we want to pick and be like, well, don't want to go to Dallas because they're complicating it, wanting a pick in return. I think if they didn't want to go to Dallas, uh, it'd be something around Bob Volkeris instead of them wanting to pick from a team. I just think it'd be another factor. There's there's something about a laundry list instead of just one. Like if there's one thing, it's Bob Volkeris. Okay, that's one sticking point for a potential coach. And maybe you could talk yourself into it, like ah, oh, maybe that that won't be that bad. Or Bob Volkeris is gone, and that's that's gone. Then, but but all, all of a sudden, if it's Okay, well, this this thing with Bob Valgaris, then all of a sudden they made it really complicated for Rick to leave and all this, and then what if it upsets Rick, and then all of a sudden Rick starts airing some dirty laundry, not to the public, but to other coaches? I just think it, it can complicate things in a certain way. If it starts adding up, if it starts, instead of just being one sticking point, if it starts to become three or four, then all of a sudden I think that could be bad for other coaches looking at the Dallas Mavericks. Now, shouldn't change what the job is, but... There is probably a reputation at this point that Cuban may be difficult. He likes to get it. He likes to get in there. He likes to be involved. He likes to, you know, have say. Obviously, he likes to have final say. He hired Bob Valgaris. That's another thing where he's got his, you know, Jerry Jones hand in the in the mix. And this is just another. It could be another example of coaches seeing. Okay, now Cuban is trying to do this. Now he's trying to get get compensation for this. So it could be another factor in in that discussion or that train of thought for a new coach too. So there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways you can take, you can take it. My thought is 
This is like you buy something from a store and there's a rebate where you have to mail it in. Remember when you had those rebates where you, you had to mail it in, like literally physically mail something yeah. to get the rebate and you get the, the discount on it. And you know the person that owns the store. So you're like, well, I don't want to take money away from them. But for you personally, you could get a rebate. You just have to go through the hassle of actually going through it. And then a little bit of that embarrassment of, okay, well, I'm going to actually ask money back because uh, – <laughs> I'm going to ask for money back, even though I know that person that owns the business and yet I'm sending this in and all that and go through the hassle of all that. I think it's more like that where they don't want to deal with all that, go through all the, the drama of that, but you still save money. You'd still get something out of it. Why not fight for things that you could get in life or fight for an asset? The Mavericks don't have a single pick in this upcoming draft. You know, what would be nice for them to have a pick in this draft that they could trade that they could use. And so I guess I get trying to do right by Rick Carlisle, but I kind of don't. He's got two years left. It wasn't it wasn't the Mavericks' choice for him to go unless secretly it was, and they just decided to do the, well, I'm going to resign before you fire me thing. Like Maybe yeah. it was that, but I, if it is the well, way that it is, if, if it is the way that it is presented and that Rick Carlisle is just leaving on his own terms and own volition with two years left on his contract, I don't understand not going after some kind of asset if you could get one. Yes. Yeah, I, I get that 100%. I, I think you're on to something a little bit with the, unless there's more to that you know story of like how wh- how and why. There always is. Even. Yeah, and but it is what it is. And now, I, I don't think it would be a saving money type thing because to my understanding- when- No, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna backtrack on you a little bit. It is what it might be. We don't know, it is not what it is. We don't really know what it is, right? Like it is yeah. what, this is what it might be. So it could be. <laughs> yes, yes. But saving money part, like him walking away from the contract, they're still it's not like they're gonna pay him for two more years right now. I mean, he's quitting. So like he they're not gonna have to like pay him. It's just do you want to get compensation for him to go to another team? So did Rick leave or did they mutually agree to part ways? <laughs> So that's the, that's the thing, right? It, it is what it might be. We don't know what it, what it is. But uh, coming up, let's get into some more about this. Mark Stein dropped a newsletter that has some interesting stuff about the Mavs GM slash president of basketball operations search. Some insight into what Mark Cuban may be thinking. We'll get into that. But before we do, use the Spotify green room and talk sports with people. We'll be doing that this week. Join us. It's the perfect place to start or join a conversation. And now it's open to a lot of international listeners. I see a lot more different languages and all kinds of stuff joining. So if you want to join a room, go download the Spotify Green Room app. It's the same app that was Locker Room. The exact same thing. They just changed the branding, changed the, na- changed the name after Spotify acquired them. Download the app, available on iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter account, join the NBA group or NFL or MLB or NHL or whatever you want to join. For the latest league updates, follow me. I'm at Nick Van Exit. And whenever I go live, I will notify you when we do. You'll get to the Locked On uh, Mavs live room and all that kind of stuff. Can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the GM search, the coach shirts. I'm (laughs) sure we're going to get all kinds of stuff on that. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into this Mark Stein newsletter. You can subscribe to it. It's New York Times. Mark Stein, one of the OGs of Dallas Mavericks media. He is one of the guys that we trust whenever Mavs news comes out, all that. Quote, I'm going to read this whole paragraph and we're going to dissect it line by line because it is quite interesting and juicy. The Mavericks are not pursuing established executives like Toronto's Masai Ujiri. 
or Danny Ainge, the former Boston president of basketball operations, to replace Donnie Nelson, according to a person with knowledge of the team's intentions. The executives would surely want more autonomy than Cuban is willing to cede. As I reported last week, Dallas is strongly considering elevating one of Nowitzki's favorite former teammates, Michael Finley. To be the pre- he- the team's head of basketball operations, it would add to the group with an external hire, even if Finley gets the job. Cuban needs to surround him with as much versatility and experience as the Mavericks can muster, since he will always be the organization's lead shot caller and prefers to render the final say after consulting top aides. Oh, boy. Lots in there. Lots in there. And there's a bunch of other stuff. That wasn't everything that Mark Stein wrote. There's more in there, but... Uh, first of all, let's start with the Mavs are not pursuing established executives like Masai Ujiri or Danny Ainge. First of all, disappointed. <laughs> I really thought Masai Ujiri, that whole situation in Toronto. I, I think that this also doesn't mean that he won't be. It just sounds like the Mavs are not going to pursue. Maybe Masai could pursue the Mavs, right? Like this is the wording on this is very specific and very interesting to me. Um, if Masai does become a candidate, maybe he's the one that reached out to them. I don't know. It's It's just a really interesting thing. But the way this is all written, it sounds like they're honing in on Michael Finley being the replacement for Donnie Nelson. Yeah, well, the Masai thing, you know, is, is disappointing for a lot of people because, you know, you kind of viewed that as the grand slam, right? It's like this yeah. guy was, I mean, everyone regards him to the highest regards of, you know, executives around the league. And he's a, quote, free agent on that. So, you know, I, I think for a lot of people's perfect world, is they hire someone like Masai and say, just run the kingdom. Like you just the alliteration, the M brothers, Masai and Mosley. That was the, that was the, the dream that I posted on Twitter the other day. I got like 150 responses of just people screaming for joy. Like they got the number one pick like Kuka Hill. <laughs> yeah. But that's also one of those things where as Mavs fans, like we, we know that Mark Cuban is going to be there. Like Mark Cuban is going to be a part of the decision-making process. And, that's why like ultimately like I've never really thought that like a Maasai would ever come here because Maasai likes to be able to have his hands and everything of like him making all the decisions. And from everything that we've seen in the past, from all the reports that we see right now about the Mavericks moving forward in the future. And even in Mark Stein's report in his newsletter that Mark Cuban will always be the final say so in a lot of these decisions. So that's going to, that's going to limit you a little bit when it comes to bigger searches, but even more, this is what we've been saying too. of like, cool. I'm glad we brought in Dirk and everything, but we still don't know the status of Bob Volcaris. And it's like any, no Messiah type or Danny Ainge or whoever it is, is going to come in and take that job, whatever the job is, whatever the structure is. If Bob <laughs> say, is, we know what the job is. <laughs> well, like we don't know if it's going to be one person that's yeah. like Donnie or they're going to split the two and all of that stuff. So, I just I never expected a big name to come here just in that in that role to not have like full power. So it's it's still a bummer, though, because I think it would be awesome to get Masai and say, hey, go do your thing. Like, let's run run the whole franchise and team. But it, that's just not going to happen in Dallas because Cuban owns the team and Cuban's going to make those decisions. They're the, the final big ones. And that's why at the top of the show I decided to say Cuban getting in the way. This is it's it's happening again, and it seems like like I was okay. I think the the Bob Volgaris thing turned into something that it didn't need to be, but I think bringing somebody in like that was an interesting decision. It was maybe a, a creative way to try and add a new voice, but it didn't work. Uh, but this is just another example 
Like, Mark Cuban is not Jerry Jones. He's not completely the guy that is in charge, right, and is the GM and, like, literally is in that role. He's not that. He's not, he's not Mike Brown with the, you know, the, uh, the Bengals. Like, he's not that. But he's essentially that at, at this point, right? It seems like there is a, a, a GM and then there's a vice president of basketball operations in Michael Finley. And then there was Donnie Nelson. And then there was Bob Volgaris. And then there was Cuban. Like, how many people can be heading up this department of making decisions like this? It's just, it, it's infuriating to me. And, and, and I want to say, I've seen some fans who are like, you know, we're pushing back on the Cuban side of saying, well, other owners across the league, they get called like when big trades happen. And that that's true. Like there, when big trades happen, a lot of these owners do get called and say, Hey, do you, they you all sign do. off on that? They yeah. have to, that's so, it's, it's part of the rules. That's why they're that there's time after a trade gets agreed to, that has to go to the league office. The owner has to sign off on it and all that stuff like that has to happen for sure. But this is different than that. It, it's different than that in the sense of like Cuban is more hands-on. He is set in front row at games and there is the give and take or like, I think it's awesome seeing him there at games and For seeing sure. how involved he is with the players and that he knows it, all that stuff. Yep. So that the part stuff he like, did with the locker room, like Im- improving yes. all that stuff, the practice facilities, like yeah. he's done a lot of good stuff for this franchise. I just and honestly, it, if I was in Cuban shoes, would you not want to be a part of decision making? Hundred percent, yes, so, for like, sure. I, I get all of it. It's just it's kind of like when you're a Mavericks fan, you just got to accept like this is just how it is because there's no there's no changing that he is the owner, so there's no. Yeah. There's no changing, like, <laughs> there's no firing of the owner if the fan base wanted it. Like, I mean, come on. This is what the Knicks have been in for, for years with, the, you know, with their own. So, like, but, and that's a whole different, like, ball game in that. So, I don't, yeah. So, my question now becomes, why bring in a search committee if we're just going to go with Finley and Mosley? What's the point? Well, What's the point of bringing Dirk back? What's the point of bringing in whoever else is part of the search committee? Maybe we're part of it. We still haven't, we still haven't gotten our new hire paperwork yet, but what's the point of doing all this? If it's, you're just going to go with the two internal hires. Well, one, I'm still not fully convinced that like, it's just going to be Finley and nobody else. Like I'm well, even I'm, in, even in this, it says, you know, with an external hire, even if Finley gets the job. So that they're going to add to the group. They're going to do like they did in, you know, uh, who are some of the coaches we talked about before, like Ty Lue, where they add um, Kenny Atkinson and some other, like like you have an inexperienced lead front guy, and then you have a bunch of other guys around it. Steve Nash with Mike D'Antoni, right? Like there's just a bunch of examples of coaches like that. They're going to do that kind of thing with the GM president of basketball operations position where they'll get Finley who's inexperienced as far as being the head guy. And then they'll get some other experienced guys around him. Like that, that's okay. And they're going to, there sounds like they're going to do that, but I still, I think I'd rather have somebody at the front. That's been experienced. It's been around, especially this is the most important off season. The Mavericks have had, I don't know, a long time. Yeah, no. So that's why it's like, one of the I've kind of went into this whole situation expecting Finley to get one of them. If I would be more surprised if they said, "Hey, Finn's going to be basketball ops and GM." I would be surprised if that's how it landed and then they just promoted Mosley. I think he gets one of them, but then they bring in an outside guy to be the GM, an outside guy to be the basketball ops. But I think it's honestly bringing an outside person to be the GM. I think Finn will ultimately get that basketball ops position because he's been in that that role, that secondary role, learning from Vice President and like all of that for a while now. And I trust Finn with that. And I, I actually, 
I would be shocked if he's not a part of the front office moving forward. And I want him part of the front office moving forward. It's just, do I just want him? I don't think I'm there. I would love to have an outside voice come in into that situation and, and be, yeah. You know, it's like, if you just keep the same crew together, where's the outside voice? Let's bring in at least one outside voice. And maybe that could be the GM. <laughs> hey, guess what? <laughs> what? They just tried to do that. <laughs> With her album Bulgarian, right? Like they literally just tried to do that exact thing you just said, but uh, sure. he it was not a guy with experience. It's a guy with an experience of uh, of a different sort. Vegas. Uh, coming up, we got it. Let's talk about. So one of the comments I've seen a lot on YouTube and Twitter and all that is, well, Finley and Mosley is the wor- is one of the worst case like realistic probable scenarios because it'd just be two yes men for Cuban. Let's let's talk about that and dive into that and why that may not be the case and why it could be okay. I've I've kind of focused on the negative. Let's trend a little bit positive going into the third segment and then we'll talk. We may talk a little bit of uh, of Suns Clippers. That was a wild wild game too. So let's get into that coming up. But before we do, got to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. I only have three coconut brownie chunk bars left. I ate one today. Ooh. It was absolutely great. I had to. I had a couple meetings today, and I was like, I just got to get through it. And so I did it with Built Bar. They're absolutely great. They're pretty good for you, too. There's some new flavors, too. I had to go to the website. I told you all the time there's new flavors on this website. It's protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. Strawberry. New flavor I hadn't seen yet. I had to go check it out. I bought a box immediately because some of these new flavors, they sell out so quick. Strawberry and orange. And I also topped off my three-box box with mint brownie. That one's the staple. Gotta always have mint brownie. I'm getting them, like, once a month now. Like it's like I can see my order history, and it's like... Uh, March 20th, <laughs> it's like April 20th, May 20th, June 21st, like it's just like every month on the 20th, I'm getting new built bars. And that's the biggest promotion I can give for this product is that I buy it literally every month. So go get you some built bars, use the promo code lock 15 to get 15% off at builtbar.com. Also want to tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.ag is a place to put down some money, wager, bet, gamble, whatever you want to call it. Put down some money on sports. They have all kinds of stuff that you can put money down. MLB games going every single night. Don't put money on the Reds. They will only make you cry. Put money on NHL series. Put money on the NBA. The Bucks. Minus 445 favorite over the Hawks. That's a, that's wow. bigger than what the Clippers was in the first round against the Mavs. Remember how much we talked about that one. That one is really fascinating. If you think the Hawks can take them, go ahead and take that right now because it's going to change. The Bucks game one, seven and a half point favorite over the, the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's wild to me. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN, get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more about this. So why would Mosley and Finley being, you know, promoted, being introduced, being hired as the coach and head of basketball operations, head of head of player movement decision-making, right? Can we just call it that? Like, yeah. uh, instead of having all these different, different decisions, but why are these two guys not be just straight up yes men for Cuban? Well, it, you know, it's, it's been Donnie and Rick for, for years and it's just decades yeah i mean and you know you look at finn finn's been in this role you know for the past eight years this is his eighth year as the vice president of basketball Ops. so they're just they're two completely different individuals like they're like we've talked about with mosley he's completely different than rick carlisle michael finley different person than donnie nelson like 
Finley's out here producing movies and stuff. Like, go look at what <laughs> Finn's been doing, like, yeah. in the in, you know, movie industry and, and all that. And it doesn't speak to, like, his GM basketball hops, you know, resume and all that. Give me but, a minute. I'll make the connection. <laughs> Give me yeah. a second. But, like, you look, at, you look at Finn, for instance. You know, he got interviewed last year in 2020 for the Bulls GM position. And people forget about that. But he was considered there a lot, you know. The Brunson stuff we've talked about talked about with that. So we don't know how much involved Finn has been in some of these like you know trades or acquisitions or any of these roster moves and stuff. So I just yeah, I mean, is there a sense for Cuban? Yeah, is it easier for somebody like Finley who's been in the system, who's been you know in all these meetings with Cuban and stuff? There's that relationship already. Finley already you know knows that Mark is going to have the last say so on all these things. Of course, like. That's 100% because the moment you bring in somebody new to run all that, then you're reestablishing all these relationships, reestablishing all of these chain of commands of like, okay, well, you, you want to do that? Well, you need to call me first before you do that. Finn already knows all of that stuff. So in a way I get it. Like I, I can, I can get that angle of what you know, you're saying and asking, but I don't want to try to lump them into Donnie and Rick. And, and I like, if we're being real, Donnie wasn't just a yes man either, right? I mean, how many times have we seen where Donnie and them publicly or stuff that's got out and stuff that hasn't got out that to where they have like disagreed a lot on what they should do with drafting, free agent, different stuff. So yeah, I don't, I don't think they're yes men at all. Michael Finley does not owe his career to the Dallas Mavericks, right? Like no. he was, go he could have gotten that, that Bulls job. He was, he was going to get, he got interviewed there. He was a professional player in this league. He's got, you know, other things outside of the Mavericks. He does not owe the Dallas Mavericks his full career and all that. He has autonomy as a person. And I think there's a difference between a yes man and someone with institutional knowledge. Like, if you have yeah. institutional knowledge, like you said, of how things work, who you go through, chain of command, all that. I think from sitting back, being the vice president of basketball operations for this long, Sitting next to Cuban during games, we've seen him. He's been groomed for this role. We've we've talked yes. about and, and seen him and, and his rise and heard him talk in pressers and things like that. Like that's just not something that somebody does if they're not getting promoted to the like groomed for this role, basically. Exactly, and that's what I don't. I, I feel like it's sometimes with fans, it's like we just want to associate Michael Finley's name with he's just the ex Maverick who's just been like. It's just fun for him to be in the front office. That's not, that's a discredit to, no, to Finn. Yeah. That's a discredit to him and his career now outside of his playing days. Like this dude's been a legitimate executive in the league for a while. So it's not just a, a trophy ex Maverick player in the, in, you know, in the front office. It's like, not Finn at all. I'm not trying to besmirch anybody by this, but I will just the way that I'm going to say this. Oh, this no. is not some guy with a player development position this is not some guy just thrown into the broadcast booth right like this is not somebody that just is like given a podcast to talk about things for the team right like this isn't just somebody that's given a chance like hey go ahead do this this is a guy that has is, is, is earned a role has come through has worked you don't get to be vice president of basketball operations with the mavericks unless for donnie nelson who's been there 20 years unless you earn a role unless you get to that point all that kind of stuff right like i just i don't believe yeah. that uh for all the you know the negative things we said about cuban and all that I don't believe that he would just be a guy that would go in there and just be like beholden to Cuban. I think I, I think there's a chance he could be a guy that knows how to work with Cuban. He's been around for a while. I think you need that in a guy in this role. Uh, and Don Nelson, 
was there before Mark Cuban. So maybe he did not, maybe he probably learned along the way how to work with Cuban and how to, uh, my dad always talks to me about this. Uh, and now that I'm like managing people in my social media role and all this, he talks about, you got to manage down the people below you. You also got to manage up. You got to manage up the people that are above you. You got to lead down. Mark Cuban might be a guy, loyal listener to the podcast. We know he's a guy that probably needs to be managed up every once in a while because he's a guy that comes in with a bunch of ideas and he's like, okay, let's do this, do this. And then you have to, you have to figure out how to get Mark Cuban to think that things are his idea. You know, all these kind of things that you probably have to do with a, uh, you know, billionaire playboy philanthropist, like Iron Man, (laughs) type owner right that you need to do and so i think that institutional knowledge will be good for finley or somebody in this role whoever it ends up being i also think the idea of adding an external hire with finley i think is positive i think it's yes. i think it's a good thing i think it, adding somebody else that they're at least looking at that and i honestly think that's why this search committee was brought in more so than just a finley like figurehead role it's all the other people around him and we know yeah. we know from past experience that sometimes it's those extra guys those other guys around the, the main person that actually matter. Um, the Los Angeles, I'm just going to go through. The Los Angeles Lakers made some really good draft picks over the last like 10 years or so. That was not like Jim Buss and Rob Palenka and like Magic, definitely not Magic Johnson. You know what I mean? Like it was not, it's a guy named Ryan West, who's Jerry West's son that was in the front office that was the one leading the scouting department and pushing all these guys like, uh, some of these guys, they got really late. The Zubatses, the Josh Hart's, the you know guys they got late in the draft, the Jordan Clarkson's, like guys like that that they picked up that they got late in the draft. There's a guy like that. And the Mavericks need guys like that in the front office to be able to evaluate talent, to get talent, to trade people, and all that kind of stuff. And I hope that they can get somebody like that in this process with these external hires, with Dirk and all them. Yeah, and my question to the, the yes man thing about, you know, Finn, like, Whoever they hire is going to be a yes man. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, even if it's not Finn and they bring in somebody from the outside, it's going to be, yeah. Like, they're going to have to say yes to Cuban. So if you're, if the mindset is, we got to go get somebody who's not going to be a yes man to Cuban, he's going to do something. Well, guess what? That ain't happening. Yeah, you're going like, to get a guy that's going to get fired in six months. <laughs> that just isn't going to happen. I mean, that, so that's just not a realistic thing. So if now you're sitting there saying, okay, well, who's going to be the guy who is still going to listen to Cuban and still realizes that Cuban's going to make the final call on things. I would much rather have Finn in that role. You know, somebody who's been in the system, been around the organization, knows players and coaches and everything. If we're having a pick, you know, so that's the, I just, I would, I would love Michael Finley to be in this front office, especially with Dirk in that special advisor role and all of that stuff. Like that makes me feel good. I just don't want it to be just him. I want there to be some type of outside voice to where if we're sitting here a month from now saying, Hey, here's Michael Finley, basketball ops. Here's this person as the GM. Here's, you know, Mosley, Jamal Mosley as the head coach. I'm happy at that point. I'm saying, let's go. We're moving forward. Dirk's in the special, you know, advisor role and all of that. So I, I would be happy with that. Yeah. What if it's Mosley with Terry Stotts as lead assistant, right? Like yes. that would be a yeah. home run for sure. Terry Stotts, JJ Beret on the end of, you know, yep. some at the end of a bench type of an assistant. Tyson Chandler's a strength coach. <laughs> Sean Marion has player development. <laughs> um, the other thing about this this Mark Stein quote, and I know we're trying to read between the lines, like we're trying to what's the uh, what's the word for studying the Bible and like going through it line by line, like word for word. <laughs> Feels like we're doing this sometimes with these reports, but it's because they're dictated to people sometimes. Uh, 
that the Mavericks are not pursuing Masai or Danny Ainge to replace Nelson. I thought that was a real interesting part of it too, to replace him. So maybe those guys don't become like maybe Danny Ainge is like, I'm done being the top guy and I want to be like second to somebody. Never I don't see a guy like Ainge Never know. Or, or Masai or something like not that. Not Masai, but I think Danny Ainge might get to a point in his career where he's like, I'm tired of everybody blaming me for not trading for Anthony Davis when I had the chance. <laughs> there you go. Let us know in the comments what you think about the, the Michael and Mosley front office coach pairing. Still got the alliteration there if you want to really stretch it. But let us know what you think in the comments. Tweet us at Lockdown Maps, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. So, boom. What what type of relationship you play for for Mark Cuban for uh, a lot of your career? What kind of relationship do you have with uh, Cuban right now? Well, we have a, a great relationship. Uh, he brought me back into the organization to work or under him as kind of like a uh, apprentice type of deal. But I'm learning uh, about the business of basketball and just about business in, in general. 